From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. Uh, I don't think the Fed's going to be a big market mover, so I'm going to suggest people start thinking about earnings season. You know, the economy has exceeded expectations generally over the past few months, and expectations last quarter just got too low. Uh, We think there's a chance maybe they're too low again this quarter. And, uh, you know, if we do get uh, a nice upside surprise, it can really help stocks uh, and investors justify these valuations. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here and Jeff Bookbinder, as always, on the line. Jeff, you sent me an email right before we started recording this. Apparently, there are workers working on your roof. So if people hear loud thumping noises, this is our disclaimer, right? It's nothing out of the ordinary in the Bookbinder household. It's just workers fixing stuff, right? That's right. Uh, Hopefully, we won't hear any of that. But if we do... uh, it's nice to just get that out front uh, so people don't wonder what it is. Yes, it, it, exactly. Yeah, with our, how was your weekend, by the way? Oh, it was really nice. Uh, sort of like everybody else, uh, I was following the news of the president's health. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, relaxing weekend certainly didn't, uh, didn't do too much. Um, I guess maybe more is happening this morning, you know, trying to get the kids <laughs> back online and, and to school and, um, you know, with, with these workers working on the house it's just it's a hectic hectic morning but good weekend how about you yeah everything's good it's been a hectic mornings i mean so we record this usually monday morning hopefully when you guys listen to it but just so you know it was monday morning i got to work like at 6 15 this morning here in fort mill south carolina sitting in front of the camera to go on cnbc at 6 45 got to sit there at 6 30 long story short some type of technological issue I, I guess it wasn't on our end is what it sounds like it was something with cnbc but it, it, it happened so so i've been up for a long time so if i start slurring my words saying goofy stuff it's just because my body thinks it's like lunchtime right now and i'm ready ready to go but my wife was out of town we had a new baby in the family her, her sister had a little baby boy a couple weeks ago so my wife went up to ohio uh, for the weekend so i was in charge of the three kids pretty much from thursday until sunday night and i'm happy to report jeff that all three are still alive and the house is still standing. So I said, tag, you're it. I'm going to go to the office and get out of here for a little bit. So <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, thank you. So anyway, let, let's let's get rolling this week. Some LPL Marcus Siddles podcast going to hit on a lot of different things. But as the screen shows, if you're watching this on YouTube, the October surprise, I think we got it with um, the, the unfortunate news of President Trump and the First Lady Melania contract or contracted COVID-19. At least at the time we're recording this, though, things really seem to be trending the right way, which is great. We're also going to take a look at the third quarter that was and the fourth quarter that will be, kind of um, you know, putting it all in perspective. Then we're going to finish things up like we like to do every week where we're going to talk about kind of the economy. Uh, we had some jobs data that came out on Friday, a little on the disappointing side. What does all of that mean? But Jeff, let's start things off. We're going to focus on President Trump and COVID and kind of the election, right? I mean, every week until the election is over. And honestly, right after the election is over, we're going to focus you know, at least five, six, seven minutes of this podcast every week on Washington. And clearly the thing to talk about with Washington is uh, President Trump. And again, on the slide, I show uh, October surprise. An election year, sure enough, the worst month of the year is October. And um, that's, we're in October, we got our surprise. I mean, Jeff, you've had a weekend to think about it. It seems like things are trending the right way. What were some of your, you know, takeaways, I guess, from from what's going on, what's still going on with President Trump and how it impacts the election, the stock market, the economy, all of it? Very easy question to start off the podcast this week. Sure. Yeah, we we wish uh, the president and the first lady uh, the best. All signs indicate that 
President Trump will make uh, a full recovery. And it, if he leaves the hospital today, you know, it's Monday as we're recording this, uh, that would certainly, I think, be um, uh, a positive surprise compared to what we were thinking maybe when the news first broke on Friday. So, um, you know, he's certainly getting a very um, aggressive uh, treatment regimen. Uh, we're learning a lot about this virus uh, from, from what they're giving the president. Uh, but the fact that he's been up and around tweeting actively, certainly this morning, filming a couple of videos. He's been uh, tweet crazy this morning, if you want to see. Yeah. All caps and exclamation points. I said, that's definitely President Trump. There's not someone tweeting on his account. He is absolutely tweeting on his own this morning. He's back. <laughs> right. That's positive surprise. So we know um, election uncertainty is something the markets uh, had to deal with. Done a pretty good job uh, of dealing with it, uh, in, in our view. Uh, but this one, uh, I don't think too many people... Uh, saw this coming. Coming, I think you'd have to say uh, it's really impressive how resilient the market's been. We've basically gotten back all of Friday's losses today, uh, at least based on where we're trading right now as we're recording this. Uh, and um, you know, maybe you know, some are even thinking the president can get a little bump from this. Uh, we'll have to see. Boris Johnson in the UK got a bump when he contracted COVID in terms right. of um, his approval rating. Uh, so that's certainly one angle. But the other angle people are talking about is well. If he can't campaign, campaign as much uh, in person, which is certainly a big part of what he does, maybe uh, that would reduce his chances uh, of winning the election. That could mean that maybe markets shouldn't be so worried about an uncertain outcome. No, absolutely. I mean, we, we all see the same polls, and clearly it does show at least after the um, first debate last week that there was a, a decent-sized jump for for Joe Biden and some of the polls. But, you know, let's take a look at, you know, kind of stock markets, if you will. Um, FDR passed away in the White House uh, as, as the president in 1945, happened in the middle of World War II. Markets really didn't react to it too much. Uh, you look also in the mid 50s, Eisenhower had a heart attack in office, spent, I think it was six or seven weeks in the hospital. Saw about a 10% correction in stocks. That was in the middle of a huge bull market in the 50s, by the way. 10% uh, correction over a couple of weeks, within two or three months, we're off to the races again. Um, you know, we'll go to JFK last. Then 1981, some similarities uh, with, with President Reagan. He was shot, spent uh, some time in the hospital. Market sold off a little bit that first day, just a little bit, and then it was all, it was continued to go higher. But the big one, JFK assassinated in November of 1963. True, true tragedy in our country's history. I don't think anyone would have expected what happened next. The S&P was up eight months in a row. One of the longest monthly win streaks in history, and at that time, one of the longest monthly win streaks ever for the S and P 500. Um, so, you know, sometimes it doesn't make sense, and sometimes it's, it pays so much to focus on the economy, which we'll talk about here at the back end of this podcast. Not minimizing at all what happened with President Trump, but just pointing out the fact that you know there have been tragedies before, there have been things happened with presidents and, and and different just geopolitical concerns. The economy's hanging in there. You tend to see, at least from a stock market point of view, uh, things do um, fairly uh, fairly well. Uh, let me just get it. Let's see. I saw the number here. According to the recent CDC uh, data, if you're over 70 years old, you're infected um, with uh, COVID. The fatality rate is 5.4%. That's a lower range fatality rate of 2.8 and an upper range of 9.3. Um, so call 5.4%. Clearly, President Trump is one of the most tested people probably in the world. And we have to think that they caught it um, 
quite early, um, obviously. So again, it appears to be going the right direction there. So Jeff, I want to kind of come back to you now with my next question, because one of the things about Friday that got me, small caps did awesome, okay? The cyclical value trade did really well. What got what got drilled on Friday was technology, kind of the safety trade. When, you, when things are bad, you go to technology. We've seen that playbook for a while, but it felt like the cyclical value trade was back open on Friday. Everyone was scared Friday morning, rightfully so. And then as the market had time to digest it, what happened? Copper was up, right? Yields. I mean, the 10 year yield went up on Friday. I mean, that's kind of shocking to me. That's not a risk off scenario. Risk off scenario, yields go lower. So we didn't see a risk off scenario. Do, why do you think that was? And it did, was it a clue? There's maybe a, um, the um, next stimulus bill is um, not on life support, but maybe going to happen. What do you think? Oh, I think that's it for sure. Uh, stimulus optimism uh, after Trump contracted the virus. I think helped stocks stabilize a little bit off the lows on Friday. And that optimism, I think, carried over uh, into this morning session. Uh, Some of the comments out of, you know, people close to the situation suggest that they might have the framework of a deal in place this week. You know, last week we thought maybe, you know, (laughs) odds of a deal before the election were were pretty low. We didn't put a number on it, but maybe they were one in three Washington insiders generally had become more uh, pessimistic about a deal. That That's really important. And I think that's why some of these recovery stocks uh, did so well. The, um, you know, the more challenged companies certainly have more to gain, uh, I think, from the stimulus than the um, stay-at-home, work-from-home stocks that are doing very well regardless. Yeah, exactly. And you think about it, I mean, we're we're coming up on earnings season, so I know we're talking about stimulus and we're talking about this, talking about that, and we'll focus more on an earnings season, but we'll get you know an inside glimpse as to how corporate America is doing really, really soon uh, from that point of view. But Jeff, I mean, I don't have too many more comments. Oh, let's talk about Wednesday for a second. So the big news this week, or big event, I guess we'll say, is the vice president uh, first debate. Normally, those are kind of under the radar. You watch them if there's nothing else, if there's no major game or something on, you know, unless you're a true uh, political junkie. This year sure feels a little bit different. Obviously, whoever wins this election will be the oldest president to, to start a new term. Um, so that likely means, you know, there's a higher chance that the vice president will play a much larger role if you see where I'm going with this. Um, so people are really paying attention. What are you on the lookout for this Wednesday? Assuming they even have it, by the way. But what should we be watching for Wednesday night in that election? Or um, uh, not election, in that um, debate? Yeah, let, let, let's hope it happens uh, as planned. The- mm-hmm. Bigger question is around the next presidential debate, which uh, I believe is only about 10 days away. So um, that one is certainly very much uh, in doubt at this point, uh, given the potential quarantine schedule for the president. Uh, You know, they they say that vice presidents can can lose races. uh, They can't win them. So Mm -hmm. we'll be watching for a potential, um, you, you know, newsmaker headline that could cost either side some votes but frankly um it's we're unlikely to see a bump on either side um these are pretty accomplished uh politicians certainly and you would not expect any major gaffe that could uh, dominate the news cycle to the point where it would uh cost uh, the top of the ticket votes yeah, no, good, good points there. But that's obviously something we'll watch. And if there's some big news coming out this Wednesday, we'll clearly discuss it at the next um, LPL Market Signals podcast. Maybe let's kind of move forward. Um, so a lot of good stuff there. But you mentioned the word winners and losers. How about my Bengals? Jeff, they have not lost a game in two weeks. They tied the Eagles, who actually won last night against the Niners. Maybe the Eagles aren't as bad as we all thought. 
And um, and the Bengals, Joe Burrow, I'm aware the offensive line's terrible, but my oh my, Joe Burrow, if they can just keep him upright, he's the first rookie in history to throw for 300 yards, three consecutive games. Now, they didn't have much of a running game, so they had to throw it, but still, been a lot of rookies over the years, so we'll see. Hopefully, Joe Burrow, the Bayou Bengal, the Cincinnati Bengals, maybe the future's a little bit brighter. Um, now, your Chiefs are still looking pretty good, last I checked, right? <laughs> That, that <laughs> you're, you're not in hope mode like us Bengal fans. <laughs> big big game tonight. That you know, yes. as a Chiefs fan living in New England, that this will be uh, extra special for me if yep. uh, if the Chiefs can pull it out. But you made a mistake, Ryan, though, in, in bringing oh. up football because you've reminded me that uh, well, last week. No, not yet, not yet. We'll bring it. We'll bring it. I got. I got something coming. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Coming. I got a slide. Right, we'll, I got a slide. We'll. We'll, yes, we'll, wait. we'll, we'll get wait. there. We'll get there. Don't Everybody's on the edge of their seats now. Yes, yes, it's it's coming. Don't worry. It's uh might have a special guest, if you know what I mean. Anyway, okay. So where where were we, Jeff? Let's go to the third and fourth quarter. Um, so we just had obviously the September stocks fell. We know that, but huge gains of two months before. And for the whole for the whole third quarter, SP was up about eight and a half percent. Okay, one of the best third quarters we've ever seen. As you can see, if you're watching along on YouTube, what we're showing is historically the fourth quarter is the best quarter of the year. We get it. You know, that's 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 tends to be what happened into the year. Feel good times. A lot of strength can come in. October can be volatile, but November, December, usually strong. What I want to focus on, Jeff, and I want your opinion here, too. The third quarter, as you can see, again, is normally the weakest out of the four. Okay, well, clearly it wasn't that way this year. And and when we took a look at it, we found the fourth quarter um, after a big third quarter. So after a seven and a half percent gain. Okay, and we wrote about this on our blog, lplresearch.com. You can see some of the collateral we put together there. But there have been 11 times, Jeff, that the S&P 500 gained seven and a half percent or more in the third quarter. Again, that's a big gain for a quarter. It's not usually that good. The fourth quarter actually was higher every single time, all 11 times, up 7.3% uh, on average, median up over eight. The average fourth quarter is about 4%. Do you really think, you know, this will be lucky 12 for 12? I guess it's not a baker's dozen, a baker's dozen 13, but it'd be lucky dozen, I guess we'll call it. 12 for 12 higher fourth quarter. I mean, this is such a rigged question because nobody knows and we can't make pure guarantees. But do you think, you know, with all the swirling concerns, is the stock market telling us something in the third quarter that maybe the fourth quarter could be a little bit better than some people expect? Oh, the, certainly odds favor gains in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. That's what history shows, not just in all fourth quarters, but election fourth quarters as well. Right. Right, that's the pattern we've talked about it a number of times here. The market tends to drop, uh, you know, the month or two before the election around the uncertainty. Then, as we get closer, it starts to um, get more comfortable with the policy environment. You know, stocks just want to know the rules of the road. Uh, they don't necessarily need to, um, you know, ap applaud an outcome or or fear an outcome. It's more about uh, certainty, and so clearly. Uh, we're moving closer to having certainty. Although, as we wrote about this week in the weekly market commentary, there is the potential that we have to wait a little bit longer for certainty than maybe we have in past elections, uh, right. other than maybe 2000. But um, if we get that certainty, even though um, you know taxes could rise in the event of a democratic sweep, uh, even that we think markets could get comfortable with before the end of the year. And looks like um, you know we could be set up for a strong finish to what's been clearly a, a very unprecedented 2020. Oh, no doubt there. Our friends at Bespoke uh, did a study 
when you have, this is six month gains, when the S&P is up more than 30% over six months, like it just was, what happens next? It happened in 75, 83, 86, and 2009. One year later, after a 30% gain in a six month period, the S&P was higher 23%, 12%, 22%, and 3%. Comes out to a 15% average return nearly double the at any time average return. So we've talked about these things. I've done stats like this. Um, but when you have these big surges, like we clearly have, it is not the hallmark of a bear market rally. It's not the hallmark of the end of a bear market. More often than not, it's actually the hallmark of a beginning of a new bull market. I know that sounds very strange when you see all the, the terrible headlines we continue to see. But that again, this is called market signals for a reason. And those are one of a lot. And we've been talking about this since April and May, talking about why the stock market likely is going to go higher. And that's absolutely uh, been the um, been the case. Uh, so Jeff, let's see. So um, I mean, on the fourth quarter, I guess the election's the obvious answer. Um, you know, what what are you on the lookout for in the fourth quarter? But also, we should have probably talked about the weekly market commentary in the first section, which is along the election. Maybe tell us a little bit about that weekly market commentary that we just released on Monday that people can go view on LPL.com LPL by the time they listen to this. Yeah, sure. So we, we look at election uncertainty uh, from the angle of potentially a delay in a known outcome or uh, a disputed election result. Uh, we learned about this in 2000 with the hanging chads, Bush Gore. Um, it's possible that we have to wait a month to know. I think Florida is really a big key. If we if we right. know Florida, uh, if Florida goes for the president the night of the election, that will increase the chances of prolonged uncertainty. If Biden wins Florida, you're probably going to uh, be able to call it very quickly. So we'll have to see, be watching that race very closely. Um, I think we saw in 2000 stock market handled the uncertainty very well. We got about an 8% drawdown uh, peak to trough. So maybe we could see something similar to that. We just got about 10% uh, in the recent right. pullback. Um, so I don't think that would surprise anybody. Um, if we get a dispute and it's settled in the courts, and we don't know the outcome until you know close to Christmas or even later. Sure, that could uh, cause more volatility. So we'll have to watch. I mean, the the news of the president's um, COVID nineteen infection, um, you know, could be viewed either way, right? If he recovers strongly, that could actually give him a bump. If he, mm -hmm. um, but if you know, not being out on the campaign trail hurts him, uh, that could reduce the chances of an uncertain outcome could potentially uh, help markets just price in a Biden victory here over the next month. We'll have to wait and see how that um, plays out. But at this point, it looks like, you know, markets are saying Biden's the favorite and, you know, starting to price out uh, uncertainty. Uh, good points there. Um, I just want to, before we go to the next, uh, the final segment, which again is taking a look at the economy and the recent jobs number, just two amazing, I thought amazing stats that I came across over the weekend when I was rehearsing, not rehearsing, we don't rehearse for this podcast, we wing it. When I was researching for this podcast, we potentially could have over 200 IPOs this year, uh, raising more than $100 billion. That is actually more than we saw in 2000. Think about that. I mean, just just amazing when you think you're in the middle of a, a horrible 100-year pandemic, and, and that's what happened. The other thing is just RVs. And this is, again, just the idea that people are, you know, there's 
a lot of people are still employed and people are still actually some parts of the economy are doing okay. Um, RV sales in 2020 are going to be up about 5%. Next year, according to the RV Industry Association, next year we might have more than 500,000 RVs sold with a jump of more than 20% um, in 2021 in terms of RVs being sold. So again, just uh, truly amazing. I think tr truly amazing when you kind of consider some of the just truly fascinating things we've seen in a really devastating year. But Jeff, let's go to the next thing, which is Jeff is the winner. There, here it is. You were jumping the gun. You're so excited. Tell us, about how, tell, tell us how you beat me, Jeff. Let's hear it. We played fantasy football and what happened? Oh, geez. I, I don't even know. I, I guess I'm just better than right. you are. That, that's, that's maybe, uh, I should just leave it there. Uh, maybe I'm, uh, you know, I've got a halo effect from Mahomes, uh, you know, being a Chiefs fan, Maybe um, my players just knew that, that they had to really step up uh, because I was facing you. And by the way, I, I beat Bert this past weekend. So there's, right, uh, there's some career risk maybe involved in that. But, uh, oh, there you go. I like it. Okay. Like it. Is a that bet's your... a bet. I am officially Patrick Holmes. I don't know if you can see the 15 in here. Can you see it? It's somewhere here. I can't even see these glasses on. But this is this is a, a Patrick Mahomes wig. And I don't he wear glasses usually. Doesn't he wear these like this? I think. I don't know. I've seen him in sunglasses, but not yeah. not all the time. So, anyway, so so I will do the next four and a half, three minutes in the podcast wearing sunglasses. I can't see anything, Jeff. So you might have to do some of the talking. But a bet's a bet. You did beat me. I think my team bounced back this week, but nonetheless, that was um. You got me. So I have to be Pat Mahomes. So Jeff, we had the, I'll try to do it dead serious. Let's see if I can even pull this off here. I don't know if I can. We had the jobs number come out on Friday. Uh, 661,000 jobs were created uh, last month. It was weaker than expected. And that's a trend that we've been seeing on the, at least the employment front. When you look at the number of, um, you know, unemployment claims that we've been seeing stubbornly staying high above 800,000. I mean, you've had a couple of days to think about it. The unemployment rate did drop beneath 8%, lowest we've had, at least this cycle of improvement. Um, what were your takeaways on the jobs number now that you've had some time to, to digest it, I guess we'll say? Yeah, it, it really wasn't all that weak relative to expectations because you had those strong revisions the prior two months. Mm -hmm. um, the, you know, you can make the adjustment for, you know, people who um, say they're employed, but they're not going to work. Those, you know, could end up being permanent job losses. Uh, you had a little bit of a decline in participation. Um, so that uh, certainly dragged um, on the unemployment rate. It could have been a bigger improvement. Uh, so, you know, it was it was an okay report, I guess, relative expectations. But maybe the most important point here is that, uh, the trajectory of job growth has leveled off. Um, certainly less stimulus in August is part of the story. And then we've also, as we all know, had a little bit of a pickup in COVID spread and um, some targeted restrictions here and there. And certainly consumers are maybe a little less confident uh, now getting out and doing things than they were a month or two ago. That's certainly a factor. So, um, you know, the, the, we need more stimulus and um, we probably are going to get it. Hopefully we get it soon. If not, we'll get it after the election, uh, most likely. But um, it, it's going to be a little bit tougher for the job market to show this pace of improvement that it, that it showed coming off of the bottom uh, April, May, June. Well, no, exactly. Just in the last, we'll call it week and a half or so, these are some of the numbers and companies that we've seen announced layoffs. Disney, 28,000 people. 
Allstate, 4,000. Shell, 9,000. Goldman Sachs, 1% of the workforce, 400 people. Airlines could be somewhere between 30 and 50,000. Now that one might have more benefit or might have um, some more stimulus and help coming from the government sooner than later, but still that's some of the headlines. The last one just came out like this morning or last night. Regal Cinemas expected to close all 536 theaters in the United States. Potentially 45,000 people around the globe are impacted, 20,000 people in the U.S. The James Bond movie was pushed back a little bit, and they just said it wasn't worth um, doing, um, having their theaters open. So when you hear things like that, it's very clear there are parts of the economy doing okay, but there are so many other parts that are continuing to be so drastically and dramatically impacted by this that um, you need some type of a stimulus plan. So, Jeff, a um, couple minutes here when we need to wrap it up. The ISM manufacturing number came in last week, um, you know, pretty good. And honestly, the time we started recording this, the ISM services number probably came out also, although I don't think either of us know exactly where it was. But the other parts of the economy seem to be moving along pretty good. It's just employment and the jobs market that seems to be the troublesome spot. I mean, do you kind of agree there? Or what are you What are you saying? Well, we, we want to keep in mind that ISM data shows direction, not level. Right. So um, certainly we've got a pretty big hole in the services sector that we're still filling in. Uh, manufacturing has been uh, certainly trending higher, which is great to see. It's a little easier in a socially distant way to manufacture than it is to um, provide uh, a service. So um, no surprise that manufacturing's come back a bit stronger. That trajectory should continue to point higher, uh, but um, we're getting to the tougher part of the recovery uh, now that the uh, low-hanging fruit's been picked. And um, if, if we get more restrictions, you know, there's certainly some restrictions in New York uh, hitting the news over the last couple of days that are worth noting in such a big state economy. Uh, if we get more restrictions, it's going to be tougher to uh, make more progress from here. Um, stimulus will certainly help if we get it, uh, but after a, you know, potentially 30% GDP growth quarter in Q3, maybe we're looking at something more like three or four points in Q4. Uh, exactly, it's interesting also, the ADP report, which comes out the Wednesday before the jobs number, just another look on how jobs are doing. The last two months came in a lot weaker than expected, yet the monthly jobs data came in better than expected. This time, we had the exact opposite, which was a strong ADP report, and the monthly jobs number came in a little bit on the weak side. The other thing, we saw spending up 1% last month, but incomes dropped 2.7%. A lot of that is because the CARES Act and a lot of the extra help um, went away. The $600 a week went away. And if you look at the savings rate also, that dipped. So it, it, it appears that people are kind of dipping into their savings uh, to kind of make ends meet. So again, parts of the economy doing okay, but there are other parts that are really, really struggling um, for sure. So Jeff, we've kind of hit the end of the road. Any other kind of last minute comments on what you're on the lookout for this week and people should pay attention to? Uh, yeah, I don't think the Fed's going to be a big market mover. So I'm going to suggest people start thinking about earnings season. Um, it's It doesn't really get started till next week. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about it then more. But um, you know, the economy has exceeded expectations generally over the past few months. Uh, that certainly bodes well for earnings. And expectations last quarter just got too low. Uh, we think there's a chance maybe they're too low again this quarter. And uh, you know, if we do get uh, a nice upside surprise, it can really help stocks uh, and, and investors justify these valuations.
Uh, absolutely. Uh, good points there. Uh, so everybody, thank you so much for being here at our latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Please listen wherever you get your podcast, hit that like button, uh, give us a positive review, be sure to follow us. We are again on YouTube now, LPL Research YouTube channel. You can watch Jeff and I, where again, I guess I should have explained a little more for people listening to the podcast. I literally put on um, a wig that is the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback <laughs> and some glasses. So you maybe go to the go to the YouTube and uh, look at the last six or seven minutes of this if you're just listening to the podcast because a bet's a bet. And I had to dress up as um, that wonderful quarterback from Kansas City. So there you go. All right, Jeff, thank you so much for being here this week, everybody. We'll be back next week. And uh, there's, there's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. We are going to do a special election-focused LPL Market Signals podcast this Wednesday. Not 100% sure which day we'll release it, but hopefully sometime this week, we're going to bring in Barry Gilbert from our team as well. He's uh, an expert when it comes to politics and things. So Jeff, Barry, and myself will do a special edition of the LPL Signals podcast, Market Signals podcast. We'll be back next Monday, though, for the regular edition. So everybody take care. And um, from Patrick Mahomes, we'll see you later. Thank you. Bye-bye. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarded the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC, insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.